Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters. I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And I'm, of course, here with my lovely co-host, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, Joe. How's it going today? It's going Meg- well. Uh, Megan, folks, just so you know, on the other line here, Megan just got herself a puppy. So, <laughs> so if Megan is very, very tired because her puppy's not sleeping through the night, that's why. Yes, talking in the background, it's not me. <laughs> for for once. That's right. That's right. And I am actually calling today, uh, not from lovely Boston, Megan, but from balmy Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, it's eight jealous. Feet down here so i'm just down here enjoying myself i'm speaking tomorrow at the nonprofit strategies forum here in charleston i'm really excited about it so it should be good excellent and on the phone today we have one of the top figures in cause marketing you know what i love about this show megan we're always talking to the big people in the field you know i mean we talk to only Carol- the best that's right. Carol Cole, mother of cause marketing. We talked to Bruce Birch, the father of cause marketing. We talked to uh, Phil McCarty, who's the godfather of cause marketing. You know, don't get him mad. And now we kind of have like the s- sister or the aunt of cause marketing because we have <laughs> Jocelyn Daw, who's the author of two books on cause marketing. One in particular, which was really groundbreaking, was Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding, which she wrote with Carol Cohn and uh, two other people from Cohn at the time. And it's really nice to have you here today, Jocelyn. Thanks so much, Joe and Megan. Jocelyn, what do you think about that, the, the, the sister of cause marketing? Well, I... I uh... I don't know about the sister of cause marketing, but uh, certainly a pioneer in cause marketing uh, up in Canada. I, I would say that cause marketing really followed the trends uh, that were started in the U.S., and we really learned an enormous amount from uh, from the work that you had done and were able to build on those kind of concepts and ideas. And in terms of my own experience in cause marketing, which dates back to 1988, it was really hearing one of the early pioneers, uh, Richard Steckel, uh, who was actually not just talking about it or writing about it, was actually working in the nonprofit sector doing it. And it was through hearing him talk about cause marketing that I really saw the potential of working with companies in a whole different way. So was involved in some of the pioneering work in our country in Canada, um, working with all sorts of large companies, doing some innovative work, everything from General Mills and being on the back of millions of cereal boxes to working with Kodak to working with Subaru, a car company, all around the idea of using what you call cause marketing in the States. We certainly use that term, but more regularly talk about it as business community partnerships. Yeah, so, you know, tell me about that. So, I mean, when when you talk about it regularly, like if people are writing in about it in Canada, are they talking about cause partnerships? Is that the or community partnerships? Was that the phrase that you used? We usually, it's a little bit more of a common term, I would say, in Canada to talk about even more commercial relationships as business community partnerships. And we, we tend to focus more on the word community than even cause, although cause is still really an important part of, of what people think about when they're, when they're doing this kind of work. But, um, yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a more recognized term in our country. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess someone like me, if I came up to Canada and started talking about cause marketing, people really wouldn't understand me. 
Well, they would think about it in a very, very narrow context. And, you know, having spent time with the Cause Marketing Forum, for example, and, you know, participated in a number of, of business-related, uh, community-related um, conferences in the States, a lot of what you call cause marketing, we call more on the partnership side. So when we think of cause marketing, it is much more of the traditional transactional sales, but, um, you know, we think of it a little broader than that. Right. We're also we're also a quite a bit smaller country, so maybe that's why we have to do it too. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know what the difference is that you see. I mean, clearly you monitor what we're you know what we're doing in the U.S. as if we're so far away from you. Um, but you know, as far as what's happening in Canada, where where do you see those two countries sort of diverging or coming together as far as what's happening and what and what the trends are in in the cause marketing broadly. Industry. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, you know, I think there's a lot of parallel things happening, certainly things that we've learned from the U.S. And, you know, because our country was really has those great connections to the United Kingdom, we also have a lot of linkages there. So I would say one of the really big trends, and I think you probably have seen this in the United States, is this whole shift. And this really goes back to even the branding conversation that I know we'll get to later. And seeing how companies are really looking at putting a social purpose right into the heart of their brand. So what they're really looking at trying to do that I'm seeing is that they're looking to work with nonprofits around a social purpose or a cause much more than they are kind of activities. So I really see this shift when nonprofits go in to talk to potential corporate partners, less about talking about activities and more about the outcomes and the benefit mm. of what those activities are. So I'm sure you've probably in the States heard about this whole impact investing. I think that's really a growing trend that companies are wanting to not just talk about activities, but actually talking tangibly about the good things that they're doing. So I think a, a great example is, you know, the work that an organization like uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters does in terms of mentoring and how now they're talking about not just sort of sponsor a mentor, it's like this whole conversation around what the role of mentoring means and what it actually achieves. Mm-hmm. So it does sort of really go back to both what companies are trying to do with their with their putting a social purpose in their brand, but also what I think leading nonprofits are doing, which is clearly more clearly defining what their brand is and what mm-hmm. their brand value proposition is. Mm-hmm. You know, Jocelyn, it's kind of interesting because I think this idea of measurement and impact, you know, has been coming up a lot more in the nonprofit sector and especially in cause marketing. And I think it had a lot to do with some of the criticism that we saw in Pinktober about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause marketing packs and how they were being used and whether or not um, Pinktober and breast cancer awareness had really been that effective in turning the tide on women's cancers. And, you know, we had someone on who had written a book and then followed up with a movie called Pink Ribbons, Inc. And she had some serious questions about whether or not, uh, you know, we, that we were putting a lot of emotion into Pinktober. But were we seeing a lot of results? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I do feel, though, however, I mean, I think of, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we would not be having this conversation on the radio talking about women's breasts. Mm -hmm. So I think certainly uh, from the point of view of making it something that people felt comfortable about talking about, uh, I think was a really important step forward. 
you know, is the research uh, really changing breast cancer? You know, that's, there certainly has been advancements, I think, but perhaps not as much as you might expect given the publicity around all of the Pinktober, as you call it. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a challenge in that way. So talk a little bit about trends in cause marketing. Like, you know, Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding now is what, a year and a half old or something? Yeah. And it's it's a great book. I mean, I still refer to it uh, because I think the, the case studies in there are really evergreen. And, you know, it's funny, too, because I run across these great examples all the time, and I say to myself, gee, if they ever wrote another edition of Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding, this would be a great cause uh, to include it or a great company and stuff. What type of uh, cause marketing trends have you seen since the publication of the book, though. How would you write it differently now? Um, I think, I don't know how much I'd write it differently, but I think what I'm really seeing is a lot of the things that we talked about that were, you know, quite leading thinking two years ago, years ago are becoming much more mainstream. Nonprofits are getting much more sophisticated. And one of the big trends, you know, we talked about outcomes, but I think one of the other big things is people really starting to look at social innovation as a, and that was kind of certainly a really big theme, really understanding what your value proposition is as a nonprofit organization. You know, what do you do better than anyone else? How do you make that connection and really elevate it into a cause? And then finally really use it to rally people, like-minded people together around something where you can really drive for impact. Mm-hmm. So what I'm, and I, you know, I think the comment you made, Joe, which is you're seeing more and more nonprofits where you would say to me, Dawson and Carol, feature that in the next book, the next yeah. edition, um, I think is just testament to organizations starting to hopefully have read the book and, and yeah. uh, use that as kind of a really key resource, but also recognizing that they have a brand and they have to manage it. Mm -hmm. Or else, if they ignore it, it will be managed for them. So I think, you know, there's a real understanding, too, about a value proposition as being critical, not only for individual supporters, but as you're going out and talking to corporations. What value do you have and what are the kinds of things you can bring to a cause marketing relationship or a business community partnership? Mm. So I think that's a, a really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one of the other things that I'm, I'm seeing as a trend, and, and certainly, you know, we talked a bit about it, but it would be something I would go deeper into in a next edition, which is this real movement I see to um, more nonprofits coming together and collaborating for collective impact. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're, you're seeing so many small nonprofit organizations, and they're just not big enough to be able to be, to be to scale. Yeah. And so what I'm really seeing is more and more organizations dropping the ego and saying, how do we work together and how do we really advance the results for our community? Mm-hmm. And then going collaboratively mm-hmm. to companies and really doing some innovative work. Mm-hmm. I just uh, have completed a, which I don't know if I can officially talk about yet, but one here in Calgary where that's exactly what we did. We brought together, we've been working with a company here in our city, and we actually strategically went out and brought partners together, again, mm-hmm. for much greater impact than they mm-hmm. could have ever had on their own. Mm-hmm. So I think this whole collaboration has got to be a trend, and, and it's uh, something that I think companies are starting to say, that to me makes a, a nonprofit and a potential cause partner so much more attractive 
Well, it doesn't, um, it doesn't just yeah. have to be a, a nonprofit, I think. I mean, we've seen some really great corporate alliances, too, or, you know, multi-corporate, multi-nonprofit. Do you have, yeah. because I, I'm personally fascinated with this topic, do you have any sort of flagship campaigns that you point to and you say, now they got it right as far as those corporate alliances or those nonprofit alliances either, for that matter? Well, um, of course, kind of thinking thinking here, well, you know, I look at uh, some of the really incredible work that, say, a Marks and Spencer's, and I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys are familiar oh, with yeah. them down in the U.S., but, oh, yeah. you know, a U.K. organization that really said, we've got to do something different, uh, differently, and they've worked both with community partners as well as other businesses to try to really look at their social their environmental impact, their financial impact, and really elevate that to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. So even, you know, in the corporate side, you know, I see one of the things I'm seeing is this shift from talking about corporate responsibility being a triple bottom line to being called a triple value proposition. And again, really looking at it as, you know, what's the value we're bringing here? So it's Mm -hmm. much more about being proactive. So, you know, and I know there's some great stuff being done in the U.S. by companies like Walmart, where, again, they're trying to step back and say, you know, we're operating in the community, and there are social issues here that, because of our size, we can probably have a bigger impact than just a number of smaller nonprofits. And so they're not only working with nonprofits, but they're also, to your point, Megan, working with other companies, with their suppliers, to really try to address some of those social issues. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was incredibly groundbreaking when Walmart, you know, launched their $4 prescription program mm-hmm. when they looked at, you know, what are some of the big health issues in the United States and, you know, because drugs often are very expensive and people don't have it covered through health care and, and um, then what what they are trying to do is, and knowing that often if people don't get a prescription and use the prescription, they're never going to get better. So by offering it at such an incredible price point, it's really going to improve the health of not only their community, but their employees, and really deliver incredible value for the community. And it keeps people shopping at Walmart. And you got it. You know, it, it, make, it does. You know, yeah, you right. go in to buy your prescription, and you're going to pick up stuff. Yeah. So it's it's a win. And, um, you know, it's, and again, it's, you know, you look at the impact on, on just that change, uh, compared to them donating to a series of nonprofits to try to help, you know, create awareness of why people need to get a prescription. They're trying to break down the barriers. They've identified the leverage points and said, these are the things, this is what we need to do to make it so that people will take the prescription. And they have so, the capacity to do it. And they, and they have the capacity. So it's, for me, so exciting to see this blurring of the lines between what a nonprofit, a company does. So that's a, a big train, trend. I, I think one of the other really big trends from a company point of view that I'm seeing is this real uh, interest in engaging the employees in the community's uh, organizations that they're involved in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it used to be internally a, an employee might know, oh, yeah, we support that organization. But they really didn't have any experience with it. And so more and more companies are, are looking to their nonprofit partners to be able to give their employees a chance to really engage with and experience the good work of the supported organization. And both from the company point of view, but also the nonprofit point of view, that's so powerful. 
um, you know, being able to add those extra hours, uh, being able to build new relationships with uh, potential longer-term volunteers or supporters. So, you know, I know that a lot of nonprofits sometimes can be challenged if, you know, they're looking, can we bring in 500 people for a day? Mm-hmm. But to start thinking in a different way on how you can engage, not just from a financial point of view, but use the human resources power that a, a corporation can bring to the table. And, you know, that is just so important, too, I think, too, Jocelyn, for younger people, because younger people are expecting this. There was an article I saw in CNN um, last week, which I thought was interesting, is that said that, you know, young people especially, they want to work for the good guys and they want to yeah. be good guys and gals, too. You know, yeah. so I mean, it it's kind of like you know they have that mindset that they want to do good and they want to work for a company that enables them to do that, even if if it's a not if it's a not you know even if you're not a nonprofit. Yeah, and I think that's so true. Young people don't want to check their values at the door; mm-hmm. they want to be able to have aligned values, and certainly that values piece is what the nonprofit sector has in spades. And when you look at the upcoming war on talent, although we all know lots of people who are underemployed, those kind of values are going to be the ones that are critical in terms of attracting really top talent. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that just occurred to me is that part of the challenge that I see with employee engagement programs and cause programs is that they're almost never integrated. Um, and if they yeah. are integrated, they're not integrated well. So I'm constantly on the lookout for companies that, that do a good job with that. And I've always thought of that responsibility being on the company's shoulder. But really, is it on the company's shoulder or should it really be on the nonprofit shoulder to say, hey, you know, here's an employee engagement perspective, but here's, a, you know, here's how it might fit into your overall right. business social objectives as well. What do you think, Jocelyn? Do you think, where does that responsibility uh, I, lie? Well, I think, first of all, you, you've hit it bang on. I mean, I think so often uh, community investment, um, people working in community and corporations tend to be siloed. Although I am seeing it move from the margins more into the mainstream and more integration with HR. I think it's a joint responsibility. I I think the best partnerships are one where it, uh, everybody has responsibilities, everybody is jointly committed. So um, yes, I think the nonprofit has to push it, but I think they they need their corporate partner to bring the HR team to the table, the Mm. communications, the government relations, you know, the marketing team to the table. Uh, And And, that's so much more powerful. One of the things, Jocelyn, though, I think is really important, and Megan and I talk about this all the time with our guests, is that we really do have to appreciate with companies and causes that there is this continuum of cause and that, you know, Walmart can be involved in something highly integrated in uh, in a strong value proposition like uh, providing uh, free or low-cost uh, drugs uh, to their uh, customers. Um, but on the other hand, Walmart can still do pinups for Make-A-Wish Foundation. You know, yeah, and and that there, there's a lot of things that can happen, and you know that's what I try to educate people on too. It's like you know when you look at a campaign, the good news is is when a lot of different things are happening at a lot of different points in the continuum. I think that's so true. There really is a spectrum, and yeah. I think both we've had this conversation as well, Joe. Um, which is you know often you don't start with those deep relationships. No. It starts yeah. with the pinup. That then, when you deliver as a nonprofit, will lead to something deeper and something deeper. But it really is incumbent upon the nonprofit to 
really do what I see as the next big trend, which is to build a relationship, not to have it just as a one-off transaction, and, and to truly deliver value, which will then give you permission and the right to move to, an, to along that spectrum, along the continuum. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, so very talk, important. Tell us about um, tell us about International Philanthropy Day in Calgary. What's going on? And I hear through the grapevine that a very special honor is being bestowed on you. That is true. Well, um, in the oh my gosh, I don't know when it was started, but uh, through the Association of Fundraising Professionals, which is a big international organization based just outside of Washington D.C. Uh, launched a number of years ago, um, a Philanthropy Day, to really try to celebrate um, the role that people who who contribute uh, to community organizations and to recognize them. So it has been going on in Calgary anyways for 15 years, and it's uh, now officially a national day of celebration in Canada. It's not a holiday yet, but... Uh, November the 15th is National Philanthropy Day, and we're actually the first country in the world to adopt that. So great. hopefully that'll inspire others. And so this coming Thursday, on which is, I know, the day that we have this uh, radio show, mm-hmm. um, they're recognizing a number of people, and it's very nice I'm being recognized for my contribution to some of the thought leadership in this whole area. Well, good for you. It's well-deserved, that's for sure. Absolutely. Congratulations. Thank you, well, yeah. thank you, Megan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's really important for, um, you know, recognition to happen, you know, not just for me, but for everybody, because certainly that's a, a wonderful recognition and a way to you know, thank people, but also hopefully inspire others. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that is a perfect place for us to end, although I feel like we could talk to you forever, Jocelyn, because we've only begun <laughs> to scratch the surface you know. of Canada and trends and all this fantastic no. stuff. So, no, um, so well. True. Well, it's lots of fun, and one of the things I would end up by saying is, you know, it's the power of focus, and really, today, I think organizations, companies, nonprofits have to be bold, and they have to be brave, and they got to be a bit ballsy, because we've got so many social problems and issues, and it's only by coming together that we're going to really be able to solve those. And it's about impact. It's It's about about impact. Agreed, yeah. agreed. Yeah. Jocelyn, if people want to find out more about you or your books, where can they find more about you online? Well, it's probably best to go to my little website, which is J as in Jocelyn, S as in Sam, and then dot D-A-W.com. Perfect. Well, we will certainly put that and in our show forget, notes as well. And don't, don't forget, uh, you know, um, Jocelyn is... Her Twittering is improving a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really put an effort. Yeah, uh-huh. my handle's uh-huh. at Jocelyn Daw, yes. That's right, at Jocelyn Daw, you know what I mean? So definitely. We will uh, look for you on the You've Twitter inspired scale. me, Joe, and you too, Megan. I follow you. So. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. No, and, and Joe, speaking of Twitter, where can people find you if they would like to find oh, out more? Well, they can uh, they learn more about my uh, learn about me and what I'm doing on my blog. As a matter of fact, today I have something on my blog where I'm doing a roundup of Veterans Day cause Ooh, marketing campaign. It's really campaign good too. It's really good. With yep, and Pinterest, and I'm using my Pinterest boards as a, as a way of collecting those. And I actually had a few added today from Holly Davidson, thank you, Megan, and also Raytheon, who's very involved in uh, vets causes. Uh, so people can visit Selfish Giving, or they can find me minute to minute at Twitter at Joe Waters. What 
What about you, Megan? Where can they find you? I will be on Twitter with both of you at Megan Strand, and I also tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF and blog regularly for the Cause Marketing Forum as well at Cause Update. And you can find Cause Talk Radio and all the other RashPixel.tv shows on iTunes as well as Stitcher Smart Radio. So thanks so much for joining us again this week, everyone, and stay tuned for our next episode of Cause Talk Radio. Thanks so much. Thank you.